2: This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Welcome to the Best Hang podcast. We got Max, we got Shane, and I am Mike. Fellas, what's going on? I feel like there's so much on the horizon. Max, you're about to leave for Europe with Mm -hmm. our cals. Shane, you know, you're about to star in this huge sketch show. And although we've been shooting uh, uh, sketches throughout the summer and what we're calling the summer sessions, we're going into sort of what is probably the more intense uh, part of the shoot, which is like full on sets, uh, three full weeks of shooting, 12 hour days, full crew, full set, like a real TV show. Mm-hmm. How's everybody feeling at this exact moment in time?
1: For our listeners, uh, just before we started rolling, Shane was finishing <laughs> up a phone call. And it's always very funny. It, well, first of all, I, I, it's, I'm so impressed. Uh, By both of you, and seeing Shane really be sort of the showrunner and be involved in every important conversation. And, and he's deadly serious about this stuff. But the content of what he's talking about is sounds so ridiculous. So it's like, yeah, so we really get... Yeah, no, the mommy needs baby sketch. Um, yeah, no, it's really important that when the dragon's heads explode, that it's just, like, it's just like it's being talked about. Like it's a global catastrophe or like it's very, very... Or the global markets are shutting down or something like that. But it, it's just making amendments to a script. Because all the premises of the sketches are all so awesomely stupid oh my goodness there's one
3: party store (laughs) sketch where you know i one of the the premises uh a lot of silly products are purchased for bachelorette parties and one of the products we had to design was a bottle of cum soda and synthetic cum (laughs) so i have to work with the production people to get the bottle just right and just Talking very seriously about it, it's <laughs> surreal.
1: <laughs> but can you, can you give us an example of what a conversation went like uh, for, for the cum soda?
3: Well, she was like, what is the logo going to look like? I'm like, well, I think it's little sperm. And she's like, well, what are they? What's their surroundings? I'm like, maybe they're laying in grass and there's like a warning. I'm like, there's a warning label on it because you're not supposed to drink the cum soda, too. That's part of it. Like if you taste it, it's supposed to be just a prop. And if you taste it, it gives you diarrhea. So we had to talk about the warning label. So. So, we wanted it to have, you know, on like any explosive bottle as hairspray, they have a a picture warning and it's like an explosion with like an X through its skull and crossbones. Mm -hmm. So, we were thinking what the warning label would look like for synthetic cum. So, it was like a person drinking the cum and kind of looking ill with like an X through it, like don't consume. And then it says in small print may cause diarrhea. Anyway, it's a ridiculous sketch. Uh, Who knows (laughs) if it will ever see the light of day. So, don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. (laughs) because we do have to get this through sensors i assume or or something to get to air yeah
1: that's somebody else's job though it'll be it'll be okay
3: but i'm also in the process of potentially getting my tattoos removed with makeup for a sketch because apparently there's a whole lot of problems when you have tattoos and getting them cleared so i was just in the washroom taking pictures of my entire body and sending them to the producer and each <laughs> and tattoo needs to be scrutinized on which one can make it and which one can't. And ultimately it might be better just to remove them all.
2: It's cause it's somebody's like original it's, it's like artwork, right? It's some, whoever mm. the original tattoo artists, depending on the design or you might have like, you have a sailor Jerry's tattoo that's copyrighted. You know yeah, what I mean? Many like sailor Jerry are,
3: tattoos, yeah. probably 15 of them are sailor Jerry. Also I have the, I love Lucy logo, yeah. Um, d- lots of stuff. I have the Teen Wolf logo, the, yes. the cover of Teen Wolf I have on my, my shoulder. You
2: have, you have Michael J. Fox, mm. a young Michael J. Fox on your shoulder.
3: Yeah. So it's tricky. You don't think of this stuff when you're getting the tattoos, but you do understand why Pete Davidson is just removing all of his tattoos that are showing on his arms. Are there any that you'd remove for good? Cause you're embarrassed by them now? I'm embarrassed by everything I've ever done. I don't know. It's <laughs> like if I had to do it again, I probably wouldn't get tattoos. It's just annoying. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was a little bit unique. And now it's way more unique if you're like Max Kerman with no tats.
1: Yeah, that is true. You know, uh, the nut is turning into a bit of a tattoo guy. That guy's getting another tattoo every week. It's great. Like, I just like- saw and, on Instagram, mm-hmm. he was getting one. Where, where hey, is he
2: right now? Is he in New he's, York? He
1: was in New York. He's coming back to, but he was in New York and he needed a New York slice of pizza on his body. You know, it's like every time there's like, now he's got a watermelon on his arm. Do you, you think know, it's, it's like, a when? cry for
3: help? <laughs> 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 I find when someone's getting a lot of tattoos, something's going on
1: in their life, you know? <sighs> It's Most usually things not good. he does is a cry for help, if we're being honest yeah. uh, on some level. <laughs> um, but yeah, how are you guys holding up? Uh, are you guys like pumped about it? Do you, are you like, this is what I was made to do? My, my, my calling has finally arrived or, you know, or are you like, oh, what the fuck are we doing? This is too much work. Yeah, uh, you do. I do feel that way. I don't know about Mike, but sometimes
3: like last night, for instance, I was just staring up at the ceiling and I just have this, you know, these pervasive thoughts enter. And it was just like, this show's going to suck. This is going to be terrible. <laughs> you just think of the worst
1: outcome. Oh, I've been I've been there. Um, whenever you're thinking about the thing you're working really hard on that like has your name on it and you're tired and it's like, yeah, one in the morning and you've spent all day working on it. You're like this is the worst piece of shit ever <laughs> like this song is so trash so usually I, i've learned that you just have to go to bed and then listen to it with fresh ears or you started it
3: a little bit cuz you're one of those people If you have ten minutes of free time, you don't know what to do. So you're on a bike ride. You're like, man, what do do I do? I gotta, I gotta call somebody and just start chattering. So
0: uh, (laughs) I guess you called some people
3: and they didn't answer. So you called me. You're like, (laughs) that's uh, exactly what happened. (laughs) Like uh, the show, yes, let's talk about the show, the songs because you're doing a lot of songs. And then once that ran out, you're like, the pilot is the pilot going in the show. And um, in my mind, I'm like, yes, of course, the pilot, we have this great pilot, it's going to open the show. And just that once we get out of the pilot, the show will consistently get better. You're like, yeah, you know, you might want to edit some of those sketches (laughs) because wow. Wow. And he's critiquing what are you doing? this thing that I thought was this beautiful baked Max. pie. i like, yeah, you know this one sketch? I'm like, well, people love that sketch. People are telling me that's one of their favorite sketches. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, they're saying that. All right. Yeah, you might just want to take another look. And it just got me <laughs> a little spiraling. Stuff you don't want to hear the day before you're going into a production. Max, Max,
2: yeah, Max yeah, you're, an, you're an artist. You're an, like, what are you doing? You can't. Well, you know,
1: you, no okay here's what, here's what happened. is that I've been meaning to have because because i'm I'm pretty well on the outside. There's a few things I'm participating in with the show, and I'm happy to do it, but there's been a few like lingering thoughts I've had and more, I just wanted to have the conversation with Shane about just mm. just clearing up some and by the way, the conversation did clear like, oh no, that will be edited or this is how we're going to arrange forever." And then by the end of the conversation, I was like, oh sick okay, they they literally uh addressed every kind of question slash concern that I might have had about the pilot. And you're like, oh, that's that's happening, this happened. I'm like, oh, sick, great. So for me, the call was was very helpful. I totally understand that. I called you, it was like Sunday night, you're, or Monday night, I guess, holiday Monday. You've been working nonstop. It's like a terrible time to have that constructive conversation. Because if you're going to like have a, have a serious talk with the creator of the thing, you don't want to catch him off guard at that hour of the night, which is exactly what I did. But to your point, Shane, I was just bored on my bicycle going to book club Maddie's house. And I was like, ah, okay. Well, okay. I talked to Unsworth already. Okay. Ryan Spraker's not picking up. Okay. That guy's not picking up. I was like, I guess I'm, I guess now's the time to talk to Shane about it. So I was like riding my bike. Uh, and then I just, uh, had no other choice, but to, bring up these thoughts and i apologize <laughs> well yeah it just had me
3: spiraling out of
2: control for a few hours no biggie <laughs> yeah, you could call you could have called it like positivity oh, or, no. or if those shots were so if those thoughts were so pressing you know the, the pilot's been around for months you could have addressed i know it i was waiting ago. for the right
1: time to bring it up and oh then yeah, I, at least well,
2: the night before everything starts shooting wait, what's yeah. it from
3: anyone else like if there was other people who are maybe like always considered negative people it would be different. But you are a person I put in almost a toxically positive category where your main catchphrase is, no, it'll be great. It'll be great. Everything's great. So I'm expecting for the great, great. Yeah. Max, he thinks everything's great. But then you're like, this, this isn't great. No, it's eh, not good. That's not good either. All of a sudden it's just this other guy who's so critical of something well, no, no, that we had I, thought was great.
1: I wasn't being so critical by the way, by the end of the phone call, yeah, you answered all my questions, and I was mm-hmm. like, and I was like, they're just curious questions that I had. I didn't mean to be overly negative, but yeah. I and I but I am working on trying to be more honest in my life in general, or like be able to not always be the toxically great. Yeah, this well, great don't guy. start
3: on me. Start on other people. <laughs> you know, get good at that part, and then come to me. But how do you feel, Mike? Like you know, uh, so you can answer too. You're obviously a massive, massive part of the show.
2: I feel, well, I I mean, listen, I feel, I feel great. I feel, the thing is, it's like, I just think that like, obviously Shane is so uh, like involved in every aspect, you know, he's in 90% of the sketches, you know, along with Jillian and Bella who are starring Um, John Popolis, you know, who's obviously one of the the creators of the show, co-creators of the show. He's, he's got this elite motor where he is like. He's going, 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 going. And Shane is answering a ton of creative questions and also having to sort of think about his characters and his lines and all those things. When I think of the show as a whole, I'm very like, I'm excited for it. It's this sort of, sort of massive undertaking, but also in other ways, like I feel like we've done a version, like there's like, there's a way you get high off of something exciting like this, where it's like, oh my God, we're going to have a show, which is really cool. But it's like, in some ways it's like, you know, we had them like a much show, I, I had we had the record deal with the band We did arena like it's like i've oh, i've ha- i've gotten high off of like cool endeavors where i've been proud of the work afterward and so in this process the thing that sort of like matters and talking with like you know like obviously matt unsworth is directing he's one of our great friends and mark myers is part of this sort of like team at the top that he's directing a ton of these sketches it's like i'm i'm more interested in sort of like how everybody else is experiencing sort of uh, the way that the machine is moving. If everybody's feeling good about the work, if everybody's doing sort of the best work that they think they can do. And ultimately, yeah, I just think about my friend Shane. I'm like, how's he feeling? Is he proud of what's happening? Does he feel confident going in? But I think that like anyone that's worked on a big thing like this is it's like some of those questions become like luxuries because Once the machine's moving, that's what's so funny, Max, about you calling like 48 hours before cameras are up on like the big three week shoot of 12 hour days is like, there's so many moving parts that it's like this giant boulder that's sort of rolling down a hill. And if you're like, mm-hmm. "What about that one line in the sketch that could probably be funnier?" the the boulder sort of rolls you over before like you're trying to throw out alt lines. It's like, "But what if we put it?" In? You know what I mean? It's like, "What if he wears a diaper?" And then you're kind of getting like crushed by the boulder just because the machine moves regardless. Um, and I think that yeah, but overall my feelings are like this is like super exciting. And I just want everybody that works on it to feel good about it and proud. And I want people to see it. You know, that's always Mm -hmm. the big question is after it comes out, how do like people get eyeballs on it and it becomes like this thing that people are excited to watch and that the people that worked on it are proud of it because i don't know i was watching this george harrison doc uh, uh, the martin scorsese one like uh living in the material world and i became very like sort of not spiritual but existential about the idea of what matters in your life and mm. how much weight you put on the outcome of things or value you assign to things and i think that the only thing you can take away from experiences like this are you know, are you having fun when you do it? Are we laughing when we're in the writer's room? Um, when we're doing it, are we proud of the work we're doing? And then ultimately when it's all done, it's like, and it's literally 15 years from now. Is it like, man, like, what in it man. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's like, man, was that, was that a cool experience? Was it, was it fun to work with my friends? You know, is it something that I can point at later and be like, yeah, that was a cool thing I worked on. My specific view is like, oh shit. Like I've got to learn lines for tomorrow and I've got this sketch. And then this sketch I'm in has a lot of lines and it's like, what's my character. And I don't want to be the guy that's not good in the sketch. Like those things you start mm-hmm. to sort of like then focus on the, the micro. Uh, but then the macro, I try to get a little bit more George Harrison-esque and be like, Nothing matters, man. It's all good. Let's have a laugh while we're here.
1: I like getting to that stage too. When you get very uh, spiritual, you know, it's like, and when you get very like Zen, but you're like, but look at the sidewalk and then the trees (laughs) and then the air and your feet are on the ground. And I'm like, oh my God, that feels pretty good too. I like that. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah. Shane, do you ever sort of touch that or are you so always,
1: always?
3: I was, did a podcast yesterday with Alex and we were, we had a whole like 20 minutes just on, does anything really matter though? Like what matters? Honestly, I was just talking to my sister too. And you know, she's having a tough time at work or something. And I was like, who cares to like, honestly, who gives it? Nothing matters. Like, what are we doing? We're doing nothing. We're just breathing and eating yummy pizza. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you say yummy pizza? Yeah, I do love pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, that is a very uh, good thought of, uh, that I have all the time. Like I don't have to do anything. Like nothing matters. Hmm.
1: But everything matters. Everything. This is the crazy part too, is that like, I don't really raise my voice much when it comes to uh, work stuff, but I, but I had a conversation uh, with our like lighting team about some goal that we had that hasn't quite been on track. It's on track now, but I like really got myself worked up about like what the lighting design was going to be for the European shows. And it was like, talking about it as if it was like solving world hunger or something yeah. <laughs> so just like, so it's like it's just funny how you like get in these moments where like this thing is this is like what the why are we doing anything if we can't figure this fucking thing mm-hmm. out what like what is the fucking point of this whole fucking thing if we're not going to be prepared for the berlin show and i'm just like getting more and more and more animated and yeah. then you step out and you're like who
3: cares well if i was to give a speech (laughs) to the crew on the first day which i fantasized about but i would never do because ultimately that's a it wastes time and there'd be some eye rollers in the crowd but it would be listen (laughs) like this show is the most important thing in my life right now i've been leading up to it my entire life every joke matters let's try to keep it all on the screen Mm. but if we fuck up and i'm gonna fuck up and someone else is gonna fuck up and it ruins part of the sketch who cares? Let's move on. Cause ultimately this is a show about farts and shits. Like (laughs) who cares? But let's pretend it matters until it doesn't anymore. And let's just try our best.
1: (laughs) That that idea though is funny to me. Just like the speech you give to your colleagues is, especially if you're the person in charge, I've had to do like some kind of versions of that. Like when we were preparing for like the gray cup or like the bud stage shows where it's like, Okay, like we have four northern Soul Horns, three Arquettes, the band and but, like, but we have to talk about like what we're trying to accomplish and like and I never know how how heavy-handed to go because because part of you wants to be that like great Napoleon leader just be like all right or whatever brave heart shit where you are just like we're in this together or give some kind of rousing motivational speech where we feel that much more connected and that much more invested into it. But the other thing is is like, you know, you know all these fucking people. They've seen you uh, like as a drunken idiot at three in the morning. It's like, are they really gonna take you seriously? Like, you know, it's like Shane, you're worried about like them eye rolling. Uh, or like, oh, what it means is like, who, who, he means like who? the
2: lighting guy that hasn't been drinking with Shane. All of <laughs> his friends respect him. Everybody else yeah. on the, you know, like the, the, the core team. It's like, we know each other so well, but he means like the third dude holding a light who's been on a million shows who's might be seeing like some yes.
3: assholes passion project a million times. Come and go without <laughs> notice to even act like this is going to be the next shit's Creek. It's yeah. probably laughable to them. And he's like, ironically, you're wasting a lot of time, man. Like let's move on because now we're not going to make the day because every minute, yeah does count on these sets.
2: (laughs) Are you, are you, (sighs) I was thinking about this because tomorrow Mm -hmm. we're shooting this uh, vasectomy sketch where Shane and I are getting vasectomies, our characters are. But during the the surgery, do our shirts come off or do we wear like those gowns that people wear in surgery? Oh, interesting. Because unlike Shane, I have done nothing uh, for my (laughs) body. In fact, I have been (laughs) indulging in that yummy pizza Shane mentioned earlier. Uh,
3: (laughs) Um, I I hope we're wearing gowns for my tattoos alone because apparently they're very hard to clear.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. Okay. Good. Good,
1: good, good. Did I tell you I had a funny gown experience earlier this year? I, uh, I had to, I was at the hospital. I had to get it.
2: <laughs> I just like, just like that comes up in casual conversation. Have I told you about my funny my gown? Experience? I, super I had some common. ear
1: issue and I was like, well, I need to get checked out. And they gave me an MRI. So I was like, okay, this is getting I've never had an MRI before. Go down to like St. Mike's uh, hospital in, in Toronto. Why do you need and a it, gown
3: it, if it's for your ears though? Your ears are above the could, neck.
1: No, well, uh, I had to go in the MRI machine. Which, oh, the MRI whole machine. machine. Okay. I've seen it yeah. in
3: movies, but never been in it.
1: And I'm fine, by the way. So it's, everything's okay. But it <sighs> was an interesting experience. And um, the <laughs> so you go down in like this dank basement. That, that hospital is like old. Like it mm-hmm. really feels like, you know, if you're seeing like a movie, but like a hospital in like the 1940s or something like that, it kind of like has that vibe. And... Um, and then I go into like the change room and there's another guy who's just kind of like waiting in there. And he he clearly is like comfortable and he's like probably on his like, he's been there for a thousand appointments. He like knows what's going on. I go in and into the change room and I put the gown on and I'm just like, this isn't covering my whole body. Because so, I tried to put it on like a robe, but it's like not even covering the entirety of my front. I'm like, that's weird. So like, you put it on talk.
3: backwards, so your because your butt is supposed to be exposed a little bit, but you had it so your dinky was exposed. Well, I had my underwear. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: <laughs> but his dinky then- was out of the underwear, like that hole in the front. It was like a double uh, malfunction of wardrobe.
1: <laughs> and then, um, and I was like, huh. And then I was like, no, but I didn't think that the that the ass thing was was real. Like I didn't think they still did that. You know, it's like, because that seems ridiculous that it, like in hospitals, people's asses are just like flying out of the back. You thought it was just for sitcoms. How
3: people in sitcoms always wear their shoes in the house where that's not like in real life.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I was just like, what the hell is going on? So then I kind of like came out and I was just like, I guess I'm just going to like wear it like a robe and just have like, my chest and like belly out. And I was like <laughs> sitting in the, <laughs> and you guys kind of sit in this change room and then they're going to call your number. Uh, and then the guy was like. It's a two-pronged thing. You you put one on backwards and then the next one on forward, so your entire body is covered. So oh. so if you, so if you ever so I felt very stupid, but if, so if you are ever in that situation, you wear two. So, so so your dinky's not showing and your your butt's not showing either. <laughs> <laughs> Just an FYI to anybody who might be going to the hospital anytime soon.
3: What's your butt hair situation like if you had to show
1: your butt?
2: It's exactly like the top of his head, just a curly, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> flow. I think my butt hair is like, I think I'm a man, but it's not like mm-hmm. too much, you know? Yeah. Mine's a little too much. Get it removed with the tattoos
3: for the show. Just expense it all. Well, cause I have a scene where I got to show my butt, right? So I've been really yes. thinking about butt hair. Like <laughs> it's going to feel weird if it's perfectly shaved. Yeah. So
2: I, yeah,
0: it's I gonna think be I got to like just in, own it. Uh,
2: you, I think it would be funnier if you just yourself, but otherwise it will feel like when Leslie Nielsen and make a gun, <laughs> she, really, she takes his shirt off and he's got the perfectly smooth yeah, yeah, pegs yes. and abs on the close-up.
3: Yeah.
1: That that really holds up, right? Does that, does that, does that hold up? Depends what mood you're in, I think. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Yeah, actually I'm watching... Um Only Murders in the Building, season two. How is it? I've
2: never even watched season one. People love this uh, show.
1: It's awesome. Honestly, like watch season one. I think I like season one more than season two so far, but that old school style of comedy, uh, Mm -hmm. it's Martin Short and Steve Martin are the two stars. Selena Gomez is in as well. It's just like timeless, stupid, silly jokes. And it's so well produced. And like the theme song is awesome. And even though those two guys might be considered sort of like, pg slash corny kind of comedians um they swear in it they, they're mm-hmm. making kind of crude jokes like it, it definitely feels more like an adult show and it just rides that line I, i'm trying to think of other shows that have done this for me where it just feels so good to watch it like yeah. it doesn't feel like empty calories even though shit's
3: creek is like that too with eugene levy i don't know there's something about that group that can just make you comforted yeah i love
2: steve martin and martin short i love their shtick they have like a. Ugh. they had a stand i think we talked about on this podcast but they have a live show that ended up on netflix they like taped it and put it on but it's like this it's not vaudeville it's like old school like rat packy type banter on stage where they're kind of m- making fun of each other and then they go into almost routine. making fun of that routine too yes it feels like they're poking yeah. fun at the vaudeville nature of it Absolutely, but it's so funny, and like you said, Shannon, comforting. Like I just, I love that shtick. I love those guys. Like I could watch, I could watch that style of comedy like forever. It's like, yeah, I do wonder oh, it's though. it's so good. Yeah, how pe- t- like how, like I don't know. If I were to talk to a twenty-year-old, would they find? I mean, the show is very popular, so maybe there is something to it being timeless. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think that like they they ride that line between like lame grandpa jokes, yeah, but, like mm-hmm. into something that's like genuinely funny, and like. Yeah, and because it kind of takes place, it, well, it takes place on the Upper West Side too, which is where my dad grew up. And my dad, like you know, showed me Steve Martin as a kid. So I'm thinking a lot about my dad watching the show. Um, but yeah, the but there's like modern elements to it as well, like like because they're making a podcast. So there's a lot of like inside jokes about. There's like clearly like a Sarah Koenig uh, character mm-hmm. from Serial, who's played by Tina Fey. Have you seen it, Shane?
3: Yeah, I watched the first season. I didn't love it the way people loved it, but I did find it very comforting, and I watched it all the way through. It just it didn't live up to the hype for me.
1: Interesting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Martin Short, T. Martin, fucking fucking awesome. Uh, Martin guys, Short,
2: that, Hamiltonian.
1: That's right. Another right.
2: Hamilton sketch legend, you know, That's maybe right. one day it will be like Eugene Levy, Martin Short, Shane Cunningham.
3: I play Eugene Levy in the show coming up. <laughs> Stay tuned.
2: <laughs> Dude, do you want to give do you want to give the listeners like a bit of your impression or should we save it for the show? It's like a tease. Uh, well, I'm on the spot now,
3: so I, I think we should save it. <laughs> save it. but it's save pretty it. Good. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Well, you were at the table yeah. read, but I, I do recall you being completely silent for the uh, duration of this read. <laughs> your memory for this stuff is insane. Well, you way. don't like, forget I don't, a guy sitting there not laughing at you as you're part I laughed at a
1: lot of, I laughed at a lot of
3: sketches, which made it hurt all the more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, well, I'm fascinated how your conversation with Unzi went. You said you rang Unzi up on your bike ride.
1: Yeah, uh, I was talking about some other stuff. Um, but he was saying how, uh, yeah, he was pr- doing a lot of prep uh, for the big shoot. And uh, he was, he, you know, I think preparing as a director, you know, the, the day before it's all happening is like a, is a ton of work. It, it also sounded like I was bothering him, too, because I was just like, again, killing time, <laughs> like not really calling about anything in particular. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm kind of like doing some work right now. But he's obviously too chill and polite to, to tell me to fuck off. But yeah, he's, I think he's excited, you know, and yeah. happy he's up here.
0: Bombus. big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: Um, I had a great hang um, the other night at the Barenaked Ladies concert. Uh, did, did, did you talk to your brother about this? Oh, I, I, I saw footage of that. It did not look like Greg was happy. No, no, we had, a, we had an awesome time at the show and we are all massive Barenaked Ladies fans. But I think uh, Greg... You know, he, he's a call-and-answer guy, you know? Mm. Yeah, if it comes to the band, which is a Steven song, and you know, obviously Stevens on not in the band anymore. So I think there was a part of Greg that really wanted to be sentimental and have a big cry. And this was towards mm-hmm. the end of the set. So when they were playing Whip It, he was like, okay, are they not going to do, you know, call-and-answer or Jane or something like that? Yeah. One mm. of the Steven songs, which they played some Steven songs. but well, What's the other guy's
3: name? Ones. Ed. Because Ed does more of the fun songs and like the rapping yeah, yeah. and... Like it's uh, chickadee China. It's hard to get emotional over that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's been one week. So what do they do for the courses? Right? Like so, they just they all kind of pipe. So like yeah, the verses on one week, which is their biggest hit, uh-huh. and, and then the courses they all just kind of do. Stevens yeah, I think um,
1: Kevin sings that one. So okay. so so the yeah. other guys like sh- share the duties. But what was interesting is that so it was the lineup was Toad the Wet Toad the Wet Sprocket, mm-hmm. Gin Blossoms, who I love. Uh, you know, Jim Blossom. what's, what's her big hit, the Jim Blossom? Anywhere you go, I'll yeah. follow you. you know, and down, hey, Jealousy. You know, hey, yep. Jealousy. Two yep. great songs. Kim Mitchell then played. Oh, might as well go for a soda. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, uh, and then the Bernie Ladies came. We were hanging out in like the uh, lake, what's it called? The lake, uh, lake house, which is like the restaurant. We were having some drinks and eating some food. So, we got there just as Bernie Ladies were starting. We got to our seats. And we're all having a good time. We're jamming. We're singing along, whatever. And then the couple next to me at one point kind of leans over and goes, are these your seats? (laughs) And I go, "Uh, yeah, 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 there are seats. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, I mean. And I felt bad because there was six of us in the row, but we only had five seats. So I came clean. I was like, yeah, I mean, technically we have five seats and there is six of us, but we're hoping that's cool. Like that we'll all just kind of cram in our little zone together. She's like. Yeah, because we've had some pretty bad experiences with people stealing seats near us. I was like, huh? And she goes, yeah, because you guys showed up three hours late, stinking like pot, and I don't think these are your seats. (laughs)
2: whoa
1: max you've been smoking pot why start yeah, this he's, late is my question he isn't,
2: wear, he isn't wearing sleeves right now he is looking a little more badass today actually <laughs> uh but that's not that, even our group our group like no. uh, like whoever you would have been with it's not like we we're no, not really was, weed smokers
1: no it was it was man mandra ash was our buddy brent dan uh our friend erica and greg so and anyway so i was like so i pulled my phone I'm like these are the seats like check it out they're like I'm pretty sure this is the row because sometimes you get like the section wrong or whatever. And I was like, and also by the way, just not that it means anything, but like, I, I don't, I've never even smoked weed in my life. Like, and no <laughs> one is smoking weed here. She's like, I can smell it on you right now, buddy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you say? So I was like, uh, I'm sorry. Like this, not like, I mean, I was like, also want to say like, you know, you're surrounded by like, you know, 6,000 people right now. And, and like we're in an open air space It's like, it might be somebody else like in our direct vicinity. Uh, so, and the, yeah, it kind of got awkward. And then she switched spots with her boyfriend. So the boyfriend was next to me. So anyway, if you're listening, it wasn't me. Yeah, and
2: then The boyfriend's like, hey man, you got any weed?
3: <laughs> I'm so high right now. Do <laughs> not tell my girlfriend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the minute she goes to the bathroom, man, let's spark one up. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Did you feel the, did you
1: almost feel like you wanted to like say, do you know who I am? Uh, no, I did think about that a little bit, that if she somehow came to the realization that she was scolding the guy in the Arkells, that, yeah. that would be kind of funny. I, yeah. I do like that idea. But yeah, that, that was, uh, that was the Benedict ladies concert. It was good. I
2: once, I I think I told this story in the pot. I can't remember, but when you're talking about the Bud stage and Bud weed, I always think about, I, I got like free tickets to Brian Ferry through work once. Like our our old boss, David Johnson gave me tickets and he's like, Oh yeah. He's like my, you know, my sister will be there. And I'm like, okay. And she used to be in Martha and the muffins. Remember that? Echo beach. So his sister was Martha and the muffins. And I'm like, Oh, and this was like, I don't know. Like I felt I was secure in my position at work, but also was using corporate sort of like seats. But my dad was big, like Brian Ferry fan. So I'm like, I'm going to bring the old man to bud stage. And so we get in the box, but it's an outdoor box and we sit there and whatever the opener plays and we're having a great time having beers. And then the minute Brian Ferry like kicks into like his cover of jealous guy, my dad was like, all right, it's time. And he like pulls out a little doobie from his, his <laughs> shirt. And he he's like, he, like he offers, like he wants, them. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. But I remember being like, God damn it! I'm like, Dad, I'm like, I'm. In, this is like, I'm surrounded by work people. That's Martha from Martha and the Muffins back there. I'm like, and you're gonna smoke a joint? But then, of course, I look around and like half the people are fucking indulging in a joint. And I'm like, my dad's fitting in more than me as like a 60 year old dude surrounded by their six year olds who are loving Brian Ferry at this moment. Like I am the uptight guy in this moment. So there you go, Bud. Stage. I
1: always find that interesting because someone who's never had to work a real job, or especially in a corporate job. It's always interesting to see people that work like in entertainment or in media, like be social because yeah. it's like, what is like, can, like, what is the line? Like, are you allowed to yeah smoke join at a concert? Are you, can we do shots with the boss? You know what I mean? Like navigating that whole system seems like kind of confusing. And I think that's why work parties are always kind of funny because like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like obviously you have a good rapport with a lot of your colleagues and like your direct bosses. I used to until like, I started partying with them. And then it was like, everything changed.
3: <laughs> like the first time I went out with Randall, I went back to his place and barfed on his uh, couch <laughs>
2: yeah. or whatever. It was his favorite chair. He just bought it. He used to call it the black rock, like named after something from lost. And I, it cost a lot of money. And I think he'd had it for a month or two. And yeah, you, you had a little accident and, there. You and vomited. I had chair. to
3: stay at it. Cause I woke up. I didn't know where I was. Well, Randall didn't want to talk to me, my boss. So he just hid in his room and waited till I left. But I didn't leave till like 2 p.m. the next day because I was so hung over. I remember. Yeah, because <laughs> Shane was, this?
2: Shane was fairly, we've t- must've talked about this on the pod. Yeah, of but course. Maybe, anyway, I just remember Shane was like, tells me this story. Cause I, I didn't know I either left earlier. I might not have been out that night, but he tells me what happened. He's like, oh, fuck man. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, listen, I'm like. People party. It's puke. It, it happens. I'm like, I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll let you know. He's like, yeah, sure. So I'm like, hey, to Randall, I text him like heard. It was like a fun night last night. I'm like, you know, I heard, you know, people were partying or whatever. I'm like, uh, how are things with Shane or whatever? And I thought he'd be like, ah, you know, he got a little sick and blah, blah, blah. He was over, he overindulged, but he just, he just wrote back a uh, fucking child. He's a fucking child or something like that. He's a fucking kid. And I was like, oh, God damn. I'm like, he actually he is. tweeted that too, mad. by the way.
3: Did he really? He tweeted "fucking kids," and oh. I knew he was talking about me. I knew I was the kid. And I remember cool. what you you told me. You said, "Mike, uh, don't worry. That happened on a Friday." People are going to party on Saturday, and then Sunday <laughs> happens. By then Monday rolls around, nobody will ever think of it again. <laughs> but it was that's such a, a catastrophic a for vomit that people couldn't forget it.
2: No, you know? but and I meant it when I said it. I was, and I was also trying to ease your because you were hungover. You were like worried. You just had this new job. I just knew that I was trying to ease like the concern because it's like everybody's done something stupid. So mm-hmm. I was just like, but then when Randall said that. I was like, Oh God damn. I'm like, he actually is mad. I can't just say to Shane, like, it'll be fine. But I think I was like, give it'll be, it'll blow over, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it was, and then I think by the midway through the week, it was fine. I don't know. When did you feel comfortable partying around him again? I don't think
3: ever. I think that was the one time I tried it. I'm very (laughs) bad around um, people of authority. Always have been. Mm -hmm. It's very hard for me to interact with them. I remember the one time, this was before I worked at much, you invited me, I, I think I was recording like a voiceover for a, a commercial you were producing and yeah. you invited me in and it was like a pizza party day and Dave Johnson was there and I didn't know he was the big wig and I'm <laughs> yucking it up with him, a million jokes, making him laugh. I'm so charismatic with him. <laughs> then I started working there and find out he's the big cheese. I could never talk to him again like a normal person.
2: Wow. Wow. Isn't that so weird mm-hmm. that that yeah. like that that mental block, whatever that is that I think a lot of people have like 100 percent. I think that's a very common thing.
1: Hey, before we wrap up, um, just because you guys are going to set a very topical thing in the news right now is the new Olivia Wilde movie Ooh, yeah. and all the controversy surrounding it. You know, uh, Mike, do you want to give a recap of where we're at currently right now with uh, with why this the story in this movie has become so salacious and people haven't even seen the movie yet. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's this is so Olivia Wilde, as you all know,
2: famous actress uh, became a, a director with um, we've talked about it on this uh, podcast, Booksmart, which Max and I both thoroughly enjoyed. Shane was a little more lukewarm on it. She did. That. Uh, and that was sort of her big debut where everybody was like, oh, wow, like Olivia Wilde, like delivered this quirky indie and it's very special. And what is her follow up project going to be as a director? And obviously, like, Bidding Wars. Once she decided on this 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 new film coming out called Don't Worry Darling, people lost their minds. They're like, oh, we really want Olivia Wilde's next film, et cetera, et cetera. Um she casts Florence Pugh. I never know how to say her last pugh? name to be honest. Pew? Yeah. Shane, anyone want to weigh in on this? <laughs> I'm not hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not Pugh. <laughs> well let's call it's called Florence. Pugh. Yeah, Pew. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Uh and um Shia LaBeouf is also the lead oh, it's, at this it's point.
1: Pugh. No, Pew. Pew, pew, it's pew. Yeah,
2: let Ashway and she knows. So what was it? Few? Pew, 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 like pew, 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 like pew, like, yeah. like pew. fake shooting a gun. All right. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, long story long. The reason this movie is controversial is because uh, it now stars Harry Styles, uh, Florence Pew and Chris, um, my guy from Star Trek. I'm blanking. Pine. Pine. Yeah, because yeah. there's like five I Chris's Pien. I get the mixed up. No. <laughs> Chris Peen. Chris, Pien, Chris uh, So, yeah. Anyway, the reason it's a big deal and it's become like a major sort of like Zeitgeist topic of conversation is because... Um, obviously Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, they, they separated during the making of this movie. I believe it came out that she was hooking up with Harry Styles. They'd started a relationship. Uh, So that's a whole other thing because obviously Harry is one of the most famous people in the world. So that's going to bring a certain amount of attention to it. Uh, While she was doing her first sort of like, I think when they were debuting the trailer at a comic con or something, Jay, the, the divorce papers were like served to her, uh, which was, you know, that was a whole news cycle. Um, the movie gets made, uh, things start to leak that maybe Florence wasn't feeling the vibe on set because this is reporting the Hollywood Reporter. So I'm just kind of going off what they reported is that like um, uh, uh, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles, they would sort of like sneak off on set. They would sidebar all the time. They kind of roll in a little late. So she was probably, as another star of the film, feeling like. I don't know if it was neglected by the director or just out of whatever they had going on. Um, but that was the report from the Hollywood Reporter. So that was kind of leaking out. Then Olivia Wilde does a big press uh, interview. They all three of them do, but Olivia's goes sort of uh, huge because she mentioned the Sudeikis thing. And she, her quote was like, there's a reason I got out of that marriage sort of, you know, disparaging him and the serving of the, the papers at the Comic-Con. And then she said, and you know, I, we fired Shia LaBeouf or we let Shia go back when we'd first started the rehearsals for this movie Shia sort of enters the story at this point And he's like, he sends a letter, like an open letter to her. And then he releases sort of this old video of her where he's like, not only was I not fired, but she basically asked me to come back and it's sort of popular to pile on me right now. Cause Shia also got his own fucking issues. You know, obviously that's been talked about a lot, but, um, And he released a video of her that is, I don't know, we can discuss whether it's damning or not, where she is filming herself sending a video to Shia where she is basically like, Shia, Shia, I I think we can make this work. I really want you to come back. And then she sort of alludes to the fact that maybe Florence is the one that's being difficult. And she calls Ms. her Miss Flow. Flo. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you know, maybe this will be a wake up call for Miss Flo, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So now everyone's like, oh, Olivia Wilde, she's a liar. And then there's this whole contingent of Harry fans that hate her anyway, because she's dating Harry Styles. Uh, and then this cuts to the sort of all culminating. I think what will be the climax is the Venice Film Festival. I think that's the film festival. that's all taking place now where they're all supposed to go. They're debuting this film. It's the first time anyone see it. The reviewers are going to review it. All of them are there, But uh, and this is going to be the first time that Olivia can address all of this sort of like storm that it's like Olivia and Florence don't like each other and what's well, Harry, blah, 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 blah. Cut to last night or I guess the last 24 hours. So I don't know when this pod will come out, but um, and it kind of all came to a head where the press uh, junket, which was like uh, Chris Pine and Harry and Olivia... Yeah florence was not at so she wasn't there to answer questions but she's she was going to be there for the debut. she also hasn't mentioned it on social media she's not really promoting the film and she came to the uh yeah she came to the premiere of the film her and olivia never they were always like separated by other members of the cast i also love how nick kroll is just kind of a, a part of everything like because <laughs> nick kroll like obviously is like a just he's a comedian he's mm-hmm. like this comedic guy that it's so funny when these guys sort of go through the comedy sort of like pipeline and then end up in like a really crazy A-list Hollywood movie like this where he's like I'm like I would love to know his perspective <laughs> of everything that is going on. He would have the best He'd have the best takes, yeah. or yeah. comedy routine about it. like I'd like to see him just do talk about it. But anyway, um so they they don't stand next to each other but also Harry and Olivia never stand next to each other. People are like zapruder filming like not only them Harry refusing to get placed next to Olivia on a red carpet photo shoot but in the theater Harry sort of I allegedly spit <laughs> on Chris Pine. Uh, would, you can watch the tape, and then Chris Pine kind of reacts. And then after the film debut uh, plays, they get like a seven minute standing ovation. But Miss Flo and Olivia don't acknowledge each other, and then Florence leaves at the four minute mark, so the like the ovation dies down. Earlier. There's this, 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 is this huge sort of like massive storm. The cherry on top of all this is the reviews are kind of lukewarm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that might be being kind is now that everyone's seen it, it doesn't even seem like it justifies all this. So my question is, I guess, how do you guys consume a story like this? Is it sort of entertaining fodder? Do you pay attention at all? Are you like, I can't even fucking be bothered with this? It's obviously bigger than the movie. The movie will come and go, but this just as far as like a late summer, early fall news cycle thing seems to be the only thing that Twitter is talking about right now. What do you guys think of it? I'm
3: Shame. a little out of it because of the show. And, you know, I mean, we're all going to be dead soon mode. So nothing matters. It's <laughs> it's it's tough for me after that Max conversation to take in anything frivolous. But uh, Alex is super into it. And she's she's telling me that it looks like Harry and Olivia have broken up. Mm-hmm. Harry's spitting all over Chris Pine. Chris Pine's taking it. Maybe Chris Pine <laughs> might be dating Florence, Miss Flo, whatever she's called. So, yeah, it's interesting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. Olivia and Harry broke up?
3: People are saying that. According to the body language. And he gave her like a very dismissive little wave uh, at one point. So after he spit on pine to be like, fuck you, buddy. Then he sits down. Olivia looks over. He's like, yeah, fuck you. And he gives her like one little like hand move. Like I'm, you know, exaggerating a little bit. But if you watch it, that's kind of what the body language is saying. It's like, fuck you. Watch it <laughs> and they don't sit beside each other. You're dating someone unless it's a PR move where they're trying to be respectful and have people just sit and separate. But it seems like there's trouble in paradise and yeah. I called it early. Mike, you were, you messaged, you sent me that trailer and said, this looks good. I said, Mike, this is going to be a big piece of shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> she got we lucky could, with Booksmart.
3: Yeah. I stand by that, that it just, it, the timing was right. People wanted that type of movie. And I think it was overpraised.
1: Man, well, it really just r- makes me think about how you can, how how quickly things can change, right? Like you, she kind of had it all for a minute. I mean, obviously ending a marriage is, is really difficult, but she goes from like the most beloved man in Hollywood, really at the time, Jason Sudeikis with like Ted, the star of Ted Lasso, like just a, like unanimously like well-liked guy in the most important like television show in a very long time to the most beloved musician. So it's like, okay, my marriage ending that fucking sucks. But now I'm with Harry Styles who like every single person on planet earth loves. He's the hottest musician right now. I'm going to all the shows. I'm dancing to his songs We're you know, we're, we're sightseeing together. Everything's good. I'm also making this movie with Florence Poo, Pugh, <laughs> the worst <laughs> version of her name. Florence Poo. <laughs> Florence Poo. <Pugh>. No, <laughs> no, that was an accident. Um, was and she's sting. like the most, I can see yeah. the reviews <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, and she's like, you know, the star of Midsommar and like film people like absolutely love her. People really like Chris Pine. The trailer comes out. It's fucking awesome. And you just think like all this momentum is like leading to great things. And then, yeah, it's like I think part of her issue was that she really came on in some of her interviews in the press. She's like, I have a no asshole on set policy. I've been on sets where people were like not treated well. And I want to make sure that every single person who's working feels a part of the team and feels empowered. And as soon as you start getting high and mighty in such a public way, people are going to, you got a target on your back, you know? So, so then it's very easy for Florence to go, huh? You were showing up late. You weren't even on set half the time. You and, you and your new boyfriend who is a co-star kind of, anyway, so uh, yeah, it just kind of, so if she's actually not with hair anymore and the movies taken, it, that, that just stinks. Cause it's a real 180 from where it was. And Harry's not a good actor. Are we allowed to say that?
2: <laughs> That's what one of the reviews said. Uh, I think, I think one of the, re- I only read one review and it said that uh, he was perfectly like serviceable and adequate, adequate up until the point where I guess things get bizarre. And then he has to, the range has to show a mm-hmm. bit more as he, as it comes undone. And he was like, the jury's still out so it was like it was like a uh it but was he's like not it good
3: went, i'm not saying he's yeah. bad alex got angry at me when i said this yesterday but <laughs> he's just fine and his star power is distracting and he's only fine don't cast them in a movie like he he i think brought this movie down
1: mm. no? yeah i mean you see yeah you, you love harry then right no i love harry yeah but i mean i wonder as an actor though yeah. But I guess, I guess you take, I mean, he was in what's that 1917 movie or whatever. He didn't do much. In that it, was but- such a small role. Yeah. I, and mean, that was, yeah the, the big, I was just like, Oh, that's Harry Styles. I'm like, why is he in this? Like, he's not good enough. Do you think, do you think, you know how like a lot of directors in Hollywood are like accused of just like casting women that they want to be with. Do you think it was the inverse, uh, uh, the same thing with Olivia? Do you think that could be? <laughs> the big, right?
2: Well, this, I think this is another part of the conversation that people that should be sort of discussed is the idea that like, she's under an amount of scrutiny that like a many male directors, like, it's like, you know what I mean? If like, if if she's a director that maybe is like done a bit of favoritism or has like sort of been a little bit duplicitous uh, with actors or the, what she said to the press and then what actually happened on set, it's like, she'd be one of mul- a multitude of directors, many of which are men who are still celebrated, who will still get awards, who will still make movies. Like, it feels like she is getting obviously killed on social mm-hmm, media mm-hmm. and the press is out to get her um do you think she's yeah, considered like female harvey weinstein right now <laughs> <laughs> is that the title of this podcast uh, <laughs> um yeah i i don't know man um <laughs> i don't even know how to joke about that
1: well you know i'm we're rooting for, we're rooting for them all, you know, who cares? I root right? for yeah. everyone.
3: We're all going to be dead soon. Anyway,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. It's a fact, all man. Dust. Uh, let's
1: let's wrap it
2: up. Yeah. All right. all right. That's it. That's all. That is our episode. Thank you so much to Nathan Nash for putting it all together. Thank you to manager Ash for putting everything together all the time. Um, yeah. Gang. That was a good hang. Maybe the best.